welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast, and I am back with this third season, and I'm super excited. I have the cast of Donnie with Nate Diva on here, but before we get into that, if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders like these three women, amazing influencers are just all around cool people, you got to do two things. Connect with me on Instagram at CVMK33, and subscribe to the YouTube page below at CVSpaceK, where all great content is seen, heard, and felt. Today's episode, however, is particularly unique. I'm a person of faith, and sometimes faith is never really explained. Worship is seen and felt. It is an artistic expression of our of the glory we give to God. But the articulation of how to really walk it in today's world, sometimes we don't make the connection, right? So this episode is dedicated to dating in the faith and i could not think of anybody else <laughs> this because i'm a fan of her show i've seen it i've watched it i've seen them even change cast members i've seen the evolution of this whole thing so with that being said i will introduce my guests i'll allow them to introduce themselves before i ask the first question and we'll start from there so with that being said nadiva how are you doing today Hello, Cody, and thank you, thank you so much for for inviting me back here on your platform. Um, it's just always a it's always a, a a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, but I am your hostess with the mostest, Nadeva from the Dining with Nadeva show. So I'm glad to be here. I can't wait to dive into these topics. Um, I have my two lovely, great co-hosts on here with me, so I'll give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. I was waiting for the cue, the blank look. You know, the preacher would chime, blank to chime in the, the musician, bring in the musician. I was waiting for a wink. Okay, sorry. Uh, I am Keisha, as Nadia has just pointed out. Um, I am Nikisha Haley. I am so excited to be on with Cody and Nadiva and Miss Anthem Speaks, who's going to be introducing herself. But I'm so humbled um, just to be on a platform such as this and uh, for being a co-host on the Nadiva show. Um, and if you don't know, you should definitely follow, subscribe, watch it, share, like, love it, um, give it some claps, whatever you want to do on your end as a follower, but definitely be a part of this, this conversation today. So, yep. Um, so happy to be with you. Thank you. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Antonia, but I'm also known as Anthem Speaks of I Am Anthem Speaks Life Coaching. Um, I am here for all the conversations, for everything spiritual, everything loving, everything God, everything. I'm here for all of it. Um, I can't wait to dive into this topic, but make sure that you share this broadcast with your friends, your loved ones. Um, let them get a taste of it. And, you know, come on over to the Dining with a Diva show and make sure you like it. Just and everything else that Nakisha said, make sure you share this. Um, we want to get the word out of what we're doing and be a blessing to every home um, that chimes in and, you know, and, and get to see, you know, the good eats with the food that we have on our show and then go visit some of those establishments. So, yeah, come on over and join us, too. And thank you, Cody, for having us. Uh, no problem. The honor and the pleasure is mine. Yeah, you guys have a lot of great. Hey, I saw some episodes, and sometimes the food. I have to stop watching uh, because you know I refuse to get that Pentecostal belly. Right, like I work out consistently, and I know I'm like if I keep watching this, the food itself will lead me uh, down the wrong path. So uh, you know, it is an honor to be with you guys. You guys are amazing. 
Uh, so let's let's jump into it, and hopefully one day I get to be on the show. I've always said, look, I know you guys are in New Jersey. We're gonna uh, make it happen, Cody. I promise. I promise. And let me just say this: they are so I, I, things just slip my mind. I forget to promote my own show. So that's <laughs> why we have to call my girlfriends because they remind me. But yeah, let me just plug this real quick in. Check us out on IG and Facebook at the Dining with McDiva Show. Also on YouTube, we are also on Liz Black's um, network called the Inspired Living Network. You can check. Check us out down on your Roku and all your Apple and Android apps. Um, we're on that uh, network every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. So definitely check us out. But, Cody, we're going to make it happen, okay? I've been I've been in works with my studio and my engineer, and we're going to make that Zoom happen. But, you know, you're always welcome to come up to the studio. That's true. That's true. Look, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just want to be on the show. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how much value I can add. I just want to be there, though. Let's get into it. So, you know. Coming up in the trash, <laughs> nothing was, re- I can't say nothing was really explained, but this is kind of the path that was set before us. I said this in my earlier episode. I said it was give your life to Jesus, get filled with the Holy Ghost, get married, have babies, die. You know, like, like and, I, and you know, like, that's really kind of was the path, right? So it was like, okay. I not want to come to Christ that way. Right, right, right. And then, so, you know, here you are, you're in your early 20s, uh, and then kind of the dynamics of society has changed, what it takes to really make it, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of stopped fighting against uh, the need for education or higher education, but then it kind of threw us in a tailspin because, to say now, hold on, hold on, hold on to Jesus. When our grandparents were married at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and you're sitting here working on your BA, then you get your BA and you're working on your master's and you get your MBA, and you're still trying to hold on, hold on, hold on to Jesus. And now you're knocking, you're, you know, about to approach your 30s, and you're now getting judged because now you've accumulated some sense of, I guess, mm-hmm. prosperity, but you don't have the original blueprint in which they instill. When you go get married, that's a question that a lot of people, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. singles in the church have. When you're going to have kids, you know, I get hit with that all the time. I'm like, look, my wife and I are cool. We're enjoying this, you know? So uh, what has that experience been like for you? Because I'm going to be honest with you, and this is full transparency. When I met my wife, Thank God. First of all, it was a godsend. Didn't see it coming. Totally, you know, taken off guard. My approach, because of the way I was raised, it wasn't, I didn't have like, like going into it, like I didn't have this, like, she has to be a prophetess and, you know, all this other (laughs) silly stuff that I have preacher friends that have as far as the requirements. I didn't have that. You know, I wanted a woman I could see myself be with, grow with, and sleep with, right? <laughs> so, like, and that was really it. And when I saw her, I was like, I can sleep with her, you know. So that that was the, that was the first. That, I didn't know nothing about the anointing. I didn't know. I just knew her name was April. I knew, you know. I saw her. I met her at her parents' house, and it was like a, a blind date. And someone hooks up, and literally, I was like, man, she looked good. But I was just waiting. I was like, okay, I need to know what she looked like physically. So she ended up going to her room, and I'm a booty man. So I saw that, and I was like, yes, there will be a follow-up. I will get her number, and now we're going on seven years of marriage in August. Oh, yeah. Right. You're all right. 
Right. There was no anointing involved in the process. <laughs> that you know of. That I know of. Now, God, <laughs> right. I was just being honest with my, that's, that's the truth. Mm. What has that process really been like? You know, like, is it fair? You know, even let's start there with you. Is it fair? Is it fair? Is it is the process that is kind of preached over the pulpit? I'm not saying is it scripturally correct because I I know it is. I know the word of God is correct, but how we relay it, right? Like, like, oh, is that fair? Well, I mean, I don't know if I would say fair. I have okay. So growing up in the church, I was actually on a chastity ministry. Okay, where we went around to different churches, ministered to people, especially young people, and because I, I was a teenager, and we would minister to people, young people our age, on waiting until you're married, and um, I understood the necessity of that type of message because I see how now in my forties, now celibate. <laughs> how it's, it's paving a way in my, in my adulthood now. Because what I've realized is that just like you have brought up, yes, our grandparents and our grandparents' grandparents were married at a very young age. And nowadays, more women are establishing their education and their career and then delving into marriage, kids, and whatever else, right? So we're getting married a lot later in life. We're establishing our independence a lot earlier. So um, with that being said, and being in the church, growing up in the church, knowing and understanding what waiting for my husband is like and understanding the process and the stretch in that, um, having that in as my foundation and being an adult, I think definitely has helped me in my dating process. It's helped me as far as my standards in men. Um, I, I will have to say, and I think I've said it before on my show, I'm a type of person where God knows my heart, right? And I'm always trying to do the right thing, but I sometimes have to put my hand on that stove to feel how hot it really is. And I have done that in my relationships. I've known deep down in my heart, God has spoken to me and said, he's not the one, but then my flesh leads. I'm like, well, Zach, you know, he's tall, dark, and sometimes vanilla and handsome. Um, But uh, I've, I've led with my flesh on certain occasions. Now that I've reached a point in my life where, okay, I've been there, I've done that, I've done it my way, and I've failed at certain relationships, I need to now get right and align back with God, right? So I have decided in my, in my you know, singlehood while I'm out here dating that I'm, I'm going to wait. I really want to wait. Um, I've set my standards high. I think sometimes, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a little hesitant on telling men, but I have to. Because this is where I am. This is where I am. I've done it my way and have not been successful. I feel that now I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it like how he told me to do it back in the day. Right. And just see how it how it works. How it works. But I do think, I don't know if it being fair, but I do think that it's necessary to have certain um, standards. Um, I think that, um, you know, if you have been raised in the church and you have those principles um, set in place, they will help in, in, in your courting process if you really use them properly. Did I answer your question? I'm just rambling. No, you're, not- you're, you're hitting on it. We're hitting on it. I'm going to throw it to Keisha. Okay, so, what, so what I mean by fair, so not 
obviously it's truth. It is not a truth. It is the truth. I don't mean debating if it's right. What I mean that the expectation that, you know, and, and, and if you hit on it, like it takes longer to build yourself now, right? Like you can't, you know, my grandfather, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he would be turning 90 this year. Um, he said in his, when he was a young man, he could basically come out of high school and walk, you know, across the street and work for a manufacturing plant and sustain and support a family, right? Just with a high school diploma. Uh, you can't do that anywhere and you can barely do that at Amazon, right? In a warehouse. So uh, <laughs> it takes so much investment to get to a point that you're, you know, I always joke and say now if I was single, I was like, my, my leading line would be I have health insurance that is not supplied by the government, right? Like it takes all right so long, you know, to build that. You know, I, don't say it. I couldn't say that, you know. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. now yeah. You know, the Lord has been good. Check my LinkedIn profile out, right? So right. um <laughs> it took me to get my MBA. It, it took me so long to build this. So Keisha, when I say like, you know, is it fair, you know. We grew up in a distinct time where it was so like almost shoved down your throat, like get married, get married, get married, right? Have kids. And now it's like, wait a minute, slow down. What does it take to sustain a marriage? What does it take to bring somebody into that covenant? Um, what does it take to sustain the covenant while you're in it? <laughs> so it is such a complex conversation that you just can't marry anybody, right? Because you'll be divorced real, real soon. Is it fair the way we're presenting marriage in the church? Like, I feel like sometimes we present it like a Disney movie. Like, you know, you're going to get a magic carpet. You're going to get a genie. God's the genie. You know what I'm saying? He's voiced by either Robin Williams or Will Smith, depending on how you hear him. And, you know, that's how you relate. Is it fair? Um, I think fairness, um, because I actually want to circle back really quickly to what you had mentioned earlier. Sure. Um, about the different generations. But I think fairness is relative to the generation that you grow up in. And what I mean by that is that back in the day, like as a millennial, I'm, I'm kind of almost at the end, the, 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 you know, the farthest end of the spectrum in terms of being a millennial. But mm -hmm. in growing up with my parents, that was the cultural norm. You know, when we talk about what normalcy looks like in terms of what biblically what's right, right? In my parents' mind, it was biblically right to graduate from high school and get married. And then they say, you know, Genesis 2, 25, and then a man leaves his, you know, father and mother and clings to his wife. I can never be a minister because I, I just messed the scripture all up. But you get what I'm saying. It's, it's in there. It's Genesis 2. Just check it out. Just believe it's there. But, you know, you, you leave. That's what they believe that they believe that. OK, I'm going to graduate high school. And as soon as I'm done uh, being raised, now I'm going to go get married. And because that was the that was the cultural norm for us. Right. And, and social norms, you know, like you said, if we bring in society into our culture, Disney, you know, did all those Disney movies about women being rescued, you know, even though in the black culture, that's that wasn't what it was for us. Right. Um, it was just in our religious mind, in our Christian, Kojic, Pentecostal, whatever you grew up as, that was our cultural norm that we get married and we're going to stay together for the better of the children. So yes, fairness to me is, is, is relative to the generation that I grew up, that you grow up in. Now, you know, 2021, the cultural norm is not, I'm going to get married. Divorce rate is up. Marriage is down. People are not having children. You know, the, the, 
birth of children has declined dramatic, dramatically um, in hospitals. So, you know, is it right? It depends on who you ask, you know. Um, you know, Nadia's mentioned about, um, you know, men talking to her, the people that she dates about her waiting. Timothy Figueroa said, I've decided to follow Jesus. And when you decide to follow Jesus, a lot of times fairness is not, it's, it's irrelevant because in following Christ, it my eyes are on the prize. The prize is, you know, being pious, like you said, of your, your mom. Yeah living a lifestyle that's conducive to the life of Christ and what Christ wants. And so I don't want to get off topic because there's so much yeah. to unpack right there, but it really is living a lifestyle that's conducive to what God wants. And a lot of times, even now, I'm going to just say this really quickly because I don't want to over talk my time. You're good. Um, is, is that even now I see that there's still an older mindset of like, the way that as West saved women, we should behave, we should act, right? I just recently, just to make you guys laugh, I recently inquired about someone that I thought was really handsome in the church. And I was like, I think I like him. He's kind of cool. I think I'm going to like him. And I inquired with one of my mutual friends and he went back and he said, oh, this person is seeing someone that's that has been dating. He's been dating my friend for over six years, Keisha. Don't mess with him. I, okay, not a problem. The girl ends up reaching out to me. She ends up reaching out to me to tell me, Keish, we've been dating for over seven years and the bishop knows about it. The elders know about it. Oh, and it's not its not a good look. This is what she said in the message. It's not a good look for a saved woman to inquire about a man. Mm. What century are you living in? It's 20, what, excuse so it is frowned upon for a woman to even ask who inf I was info gathering. Again, it's the right. mindset. She's she's older than I am. I'm 35. I don't mind putting it out there. I'm right. 35. But in her mindset, that is un that's that is um that is not a good look for a saved woman to inquire. And I can, no matter how I spin it and say, as I'm a learner, I don't know if you guys. Um, are familiar with uh, Tom Rath and, and John Clifton's Strengths Finder. I'm a learner, so I'm a natural in I yep. together. And she said, it, do, it doesn't matter how I spin it. It's not right for a saved woman to ask who you are. It wasn't April asking who you are. That is, if she's saved, that is not a good look. Yeah, that'd be messed up. How, how, uh, what was the good look for no one to know they were dating? Like, right. How, Hey, I was just about to tackle that. I'm gonna throw this up. Where was the good look in that that no one knew? Why was no it? A, knew. It was a good look to be a secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna tackle this. First of all, <laughs> I don't know them. And if you want, I'll be the first one to say it. As a man, I'm gonna say this, man of God. Seven years a long time. Well, not to I think you gotta say that for the people in the back. They ain't hear that part. Right. That, seven years is a long time to and nobody going. know. And nobody know. And, and nobody she, knows. It's not a good look for her to be calling you. Right. Three o'clock in the morning. You. Mm -hmm. She right. should have went to Bishop one. This she ain't your bishop. This ain't your spirit to tell me that it's not a good look. For, and she told me to wait for the man. She said it took him two years for him to inquire about me. I, I, you know what? I didn't even reply. I just said, honey bun, it's water under the bridge, right? 
I love you, and I'll see you Friday for convocation. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. As a man, seven years is a long time to be pure. I don't care what they say. I don't care what. The, I get it. You got to get yourself together. If you got to get yourself together, then you need to cut <laughs> all ties. As, as a man, I couldn't do it. I don't care I how don't much believe, you think. I don't believe in long engagements in the church. I no, don't. No. Because I believe that if God has ordained y'all to be together, you're going to know the moment you even. And it's not going to take and given the temptations that we already give. If we're going right. to keep it saved and sanctified and under the covenant of Christ. Hello. He's not going to put me in a situation where, oh my God, I'm dating with this man and he is fine. I need to, he's going to make sure I am married before I, I, I consummate that relationship. You know, I'm not going to have to court a man for one, two, three, four, seven years and call myself, myself doing it God's way. No, that would be such a struggle. You know how many, you know, I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I, I don't believe in long engagements in the church. I believe that if you get to, if you, I believe in four seasons though, I believe that you need to be courted for four seasons because people change with the seasons. But after four seasons, if he proposes and you married in six months, when you going on honeymoon, Right, going down. Right, <laughs> right. I I just don't see it. I I've called I've called on a lot of people. I'm like, seven. I've heard, and, and it's coming. I'm like, y'all dated for nothing. When you date in the church, and this is just from my experience, and then yeah. Antonio, I'm sure we'll touch on you. But if if we are dating in the church, not for nothing, if you're doing it the right way, you ain't supposed to be dating by yourself. You're supposed to have accountability. You're supposed to be going out with other couples together. So the fact that people don't know. Right. What y'all doing behind closed doors? But well, we as Christians, we ain't supposed to be judging. Or what, or what they not doing? Because it's <laughs> tears. Let me stop. You got a lot of. I don't even want to say that, but you do got a lot of technical virgins out here. Never like. I ain't even gonna go wow. to that. I'm wow. gonna go to that. Wow. But it is what it is. And Tony, I would have told this to you. Madam so, um, that last little tidbit that Nadeva just said about how you're supposed to be—that just reminded me that I was born and raised Baptist Christian. Sure. I never there. I've, I've never heard any rules as far as dating. There was never you need to do X, Y, Z. It was never any of that. Culturally within my family. Yeah, there were there were the ideas of what my mother didn't want me to experience that she had. There were those things. There was um, act right, be right, do right, all of those things. It was make sure you marry and make sure you're taken care of. Not taken care of like, like you're not bringing anything to the table, but make sure that when you come to the table prepared, someone else comes there prepared as well. And if the table, if your leg get a little wobbly, they're able to hold the other one up. So we've had those type of conversations, but there wasn't any conversations about, um, there, there was conversations about waiting. There was conversations about waiting, but once again, I'm a product of a teenage parent. Um, her parents didn't get married. My my uncles, my uncle, my oldest uncle wasn't born until my grandmother was in her 30s. So she didn't have children early. It was like later on. So I but the other side, my father's side, yeah, younger or however. But I think that my rearing, like, is it? I know that there were expectations of others in my church who may have not been blood family, but were like family to where like I had children out of wedlock 
and some other people waited to have children, but that didn't mean that they weren't doing the deed that could produce them. So, I mean, and those things were said, like things, you know, were inferred and it was just like, you just, you just happened to see the evidence of what I was doing. That's it. So, and, and I was engaged to the, so it, it, it was like, I don't know. I think, is it fair? I don't think it's to me, I think fair is, am I being expected to do something that I have never been taught how to do? Am I expected to do something that I have been conditioned otherwise to be able to do? So if if we condition, if we condition with you can't, you're not able, you're not good enough, you can't do this, you're not good enough for this, you're not worthy, but then I'm expected to find a godly man who's gonna see me as such. If I don't, if I'm conditioned to not believe myself to be made in God's image. How am I going to go and be equally yoked with a man that he ain't, I'm, that's not going to happen for me. So if I'm supposed to find a man who's my match or who's in God, we're all made in God's image. But if I'm told that I'm, if I'm, if I'm made to feel that I'm not worthy and then I meet someone and he's feeling that same way, we're not going to be living under God's covenant. It, it, it's it's, it's going to be a battle. But what I had to make the decision to be celibate. And it was because I was like they even said I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it the way that I kept being told, baby girl, that's not what I that's not how I said to do it. I kept wanting and, and I, I could literally feel the pull to do right, to do to do what I know is being asked of me by God. I could feel it, but I was still the flesh. I still wanted what I wanted. I wanted what I thought my heart wanted. But when I learned, it wasn't my heart wanting that. It was my conditioning. Mm. It was my looking at how I thought messed up it was that everything was that I ruined my mom because I was a, I came and she was a teen. I I had those things. So because I had those things within me. I had to do, I had to turn around and go, you know what? Okay, God want me to do something a little different here. I need to stop and I need to pay attention and I need to get quiet. I need to have those times of meditation, those times of prayer, those times where I can read the the and look for the scriptures and or just have time where I can get quiet and hear exactly what it is that I need to be doing as opposed to what I never was taught that I needed to be doing. So, and I don't blame anybody for that. I, I because I do understand that generation. I do understand that you do what you know is best at the time that you know it was best. So the things that I wasn't taught, I don't feel that it wasn't fair that I wasn't taught it. I think now the fair thing to do is to make sure that I have my 23-year-old and my 18-year-old is to make sure that they understand particular things about how they should show up. And how they should present themselves as the image of God in the world and how they should be for other people. And um, just to be open and to and to allow themselves to be the vessel of God so that when a man does come along, mm-hmm. he sees that. Mm-hmm. And that is what she pulls to her. That is what comes for her. Um, 
So I'm learning that. And when, when you said that, <laughs> that she said a saved woman is not supposed to seek, I was the one, I was open to all of that. Like, I'm going to tell him I like him. I'm going to tell him. And I just heard something that blessed my soul. And I'm, I'm going to say this part. Yeah. I heard something that said my role. And it came, it came from a woman who's speaking, you know, from her studying of God as well. She said, my role is to be an invitation, not a pitch. So from now on, I'm going to be according to God <laughs> and I'm going to act in a way that a man will say her I like as, opposed, as opposed to me always going, pick me. Why mm -hmm. not me? Why don't you, why don't you like me? I should be, mm -hmm. I do this and I do that. That was the old Antonia. I mm -hmm. used to, I'm good. I'm this, I'm not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the invitation. Mm -hmm. Not the pitch. I want to. I want him to see me before I even see him. Exactly. I want. Yeah. I want to be. Mm -hmm. And and, yeah. and you know what? Something you said, Cody, when you first said you saw your wife, you yeah. said I was not looking. I wasn't looking. I wasn't even in the space. And I think one of the things I know one of the things with me is I'm always looking. I'm always like maybe or I, I would really like and I understand that wanting means that I believe that it's not present so if it's not there it can't be open to me so I, I want to be in a space of it's there it's there it's coming and I'm okay with that and then boom let it pop and let him walk by or let him come and be like how you doing I want to mm -hmm. be in that space mm -hmm. hey, I, I like it Please. Mm -hmm. Antonio, I, I like it. I, I think uh, you hit on something. You said, I want to be an invitation. It's crazy because when you read the story of Ruth and Boaz, and I've always questioned this because Ruth presents herself. The Bible actually says he presents herself, right? She presented herself to Boaz. And then it goes on to say he that she entered into his tent. And mm -hmm. we never kind of deal with that part. Right, I'm gonna I'm leave that alone. I'm not, I don't want to get through that. But when you start getting into the word, you realize like some of y'all lying, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I want to go there, I want to talk about expectation. Antonio, I'm gonna start with you. Expectation, I think, is the biggest hindrance, uh, toward a lot of relationship development. False expectation, right? I think we got to mm -hmm. really put this. Uh, into perspective you know so you know got out of undergrad um like every other undergrad you know i was like okay i, I gotta get a job I, I, you know i was getting closer to christ by then you know i, I started uh preaching and whatnot and i was like okay i don't want to mess up i don't want to be a hypocrite i don't want to you know i, I want to do better i just want to do better but i realized and maybe i got too down on myself I wasn't in a position to really bring anybody into that, uh, right? Into that, into that role, into that covenant. Um, it took me a while, and a lot of it, you know, you can talk about systemic racism, and whatnot. But it took me a while to build, and this is what I say about expectation. I said that one of the, I dated many, many women, and matter of fact, I didn't even restrict it to necessarily those who were in the church. I kind of, you know, I had my father's upbringing, so I, I would say I was more of a Samson than a David. But, you know, I, I, it, just, it is what it is, right? Like, I, I liked what I liked. But the, 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 where I would get hang up or the, hung, or the confusion would happen, in the church, it was 
I'm not pastoring. It was a thing of lineage. It was a thing of, you know, just clout, I think, for lack of a better word. In the world or in the secular, um, I actually was treated better. Mm. The only difference is that we could never connect on Christ. Right, mm-hmm. they because they saw how hard I was working. It was like you know, good brother. I don't have any, you know, it's right. I'm doing this, this, and this. I got my degree. I got back to school. I'm trying to go to another degree, and you know, working here. So like that attracted a more secular uh, approach to it, and and a value. And I felt like, wow, how come those in the faith, if I share the same love for God, I can't build any connection with? Uh, but in the world, I'm. Yeah, I, you know, I was totally at peace. The only thing was Christ was the stumbling block, right? Like he really was the reason for a lot of relationships that did not develop. Um, and it really, and that's why I said I wasn't looking because I was kind of down. I was really down on myself, right? So I, my wife, because she was kind of both, right? She, even though she, she was saved, she loved the Lord, she wasn't the typical church woman. Mm-hmm. And I needed that, right? Because she bought into the vision. I was like, look, I, I told her how much money I didn't make, you know, versus what I did. <laughs> I told her what I was doing. I had a Saturn at the time with roll down windows and the air conditioner was shot. Yeah, uh, my God. God, this is almost two years ago. You know, so, you know, I, it was a long journey to where we are now, you know, and she bought in and she sacrificed. And I think that's the biggest thing is the expectation. I think sometimes we have presented false expectations depending on where you are in life. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're, I get it. And especially as you age, you know, like now, if I was single, my expectations would be different. I wouldn't care. You know, I probably, I, even the type of woman I would go for, you know, it would be more of a conversation like, hey, you know, what does your 401k look like? Where's your FICO score? You know, if you mm-hmm. have kids, you're asking these questions to the woman. Yeah, I would be asking. Yeah, those, yeah. well, no, nah, I mean, not. Nah, I mean, if you were single, no, that's what I'm saying. If you were single and you met your wife today, these are some of the questions. Yeah, you yeah I'd be asking her the same questions. I'd be like, okay. you know, if you have kids, what are your what's your relationship with their with their uh, father? You know, is he in their life? Is he present? Is it kind of mm-hmm. on and off thing? You know, it would be more, it wouldn't be like, what's your favorite? It wouldn't be to me these, you know, base first layer questions. It'd be really in depth because now I'm at an age, I realize it takes a whole lot. <laughs> and I do mean a whole lot to make a marriage work. So even though I still value the physical and it's still a thing, it's not the main everything. thing. It's not everything, right? Yeah. Because the reality is now, if you don't have any of these accessories, I can afford you to get a surgery. We can put these accessories on. So it's not, it's not a thing anymore, right? (laughs) So I'm going to start with you, Antonio. Expectations. What does that mean to you? A lot. Um, Because we say what we want, but we don't really believe we can have it. And then when it don't show up, we mad about it. Hmm. Or we expect some things with someone we expect we have an expectation for something and then we meet somebody that has it and we too busy looking at what they don't have um or it, it's just i don't know for me i do ask the questions about the baby mama because i've dated people with children my last ex had two different baby mothers i never had a problem 
ever. My children's father, never a problem. So that's important to me because I'm not a problem person and I don't want to have that energy with somebody else that has a problem person. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Um, I'm able to respect the mother of his children. I just don't want to deal with somebody who may feel like she can't respect me as his woman. So that will be that expectation. Yeah. I know for me, I have an expectation. One of the things is, um, when God says, there she is, man. I would hope that the one he points my way doesn't have small children because my children are grown. But I would expect him to have already done his whatever work he needed to do with God. I would expect that he would be in that journey as well. Um, I wouldn't expect someone who can't, who isn't able to give what they're asking. Hmm. And, or someone who is unable to receive love that you stepped up to the plate for. So I'm um those are my my things right now. I think um the expectation part it looks are very important to me. And what I mean by that is what I find attractive to me, sure. maybe even Keisha may be like, you like that. So for me, so it has to be what I like. It don't have to be what everybody else like. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to be like, I'm taking my man out. So everybody can see how good. No, I need to be. He definitely got to be a brother. We know that. He definitely has to be a brother. <laughs> there is no doubt Love. about that. My but that's funny if God's plan is that he's blind hair and blue eyed though. That no, no, because see, <laughs> God could be wanting you to have a Chris Hemsworth. He could be sending my, you I, when my When I have conversations with God, the one accord that we're on is that, <laughs> yes, my child, you may have a brother. <laughs> God could be saying, Antonio, I'm sending you Thor. <laughs> For real. I don't have anything against. I don't have anything against racial marriages. I have nothing against them. I have some in my family. I have some, I'm a product of some, of course. Yeah, um, we can tell. <laughs> my best friend, husband, what you say? Husband, yeah, best, we can tell. Yeah, my best friend's husband is, is Indian. So that it works for them. They love, it works for them. For me, I haven't had that, a, I have been approached. It just, it was, um. It was him I didn't like. It wasn't this, this anything else. It was just yeah. his personality. Um, but for me, I know, I know right now, if a right. man approaches me and and it's not of God, I know that I need to go sit down somewhere. Okay. I'm I'm not out actively, I'm not actively dating right now because I know that if I when I put when I did put myself out there, I met someone and was like. Yeah, he need help. I need to go sit back down because apparently I'm not getting closer to where God wants me to be. So I'm going to just stop for a minute. We're going to have some more meetings. We're going to get in some more alignment. We're going to pray some more. And then we're going, then we're going to see if we ready. Because right now I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. So, <laughs> but yeah, I have, my expectations is just, I want someone who's a good person, someone who's honest, who's loving, who's fun. Who likes to laugh? I love house music, so dancing is a thing. Um, but they have to be able to. I have to have my alone time because we have quality time often. Me and God have quality time often, so I would expect them to have their own time. 
to have their own quality time and however they need to do it. But for me, that is something I, I, I really feel. There has to be a relationship there. Has to be. I like it. I like God could be wanting to send you Thor. You just got to be open to that Avenger. Let I'm me tell you something. <laughs> Thor has Thor has some chocolate all up in no. him. He he can get her. I be trying to tell her like she just got into some Nutella. Everybody loves Nutella. Loves Nutella. I said you could just throw some Nutella on a vanilla man and boom, you got that. You know what I'm saying? What a normal Hunter says God's got a blessing with your name on it. Could be Thor though. Nikisha, I'm throwing it to you. Patience. <laughs> Oh my God. Antonia is a trip. I cannot. Um, Nutella. <laughs> I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to try to sum this up in like two minutes. Cause there's so much, like I said, there's, there's so many moving parts to expectations again, uh, right now, culturally social. Um, but, um, there was a platform, um, uh, Bishop Andrew Sheard and uh, uh, Karen Clark Sheard was on um, Listen Page Ministries, one of my my bishop's platform, our church platform recently, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And she said um, one of the expect one of her expectations um, was that she wanted a man when she was single before she met Bishop Sheard. She said one one of the things that she asked God for first was that whoever God sent would love God more than her, more than anybody, that he would have a love for God. And then, you know, there was everything else, you know, all of the things. There's, there's a lot of subcategories under, you know, ex, what we what we feel like we want in a man, right? Stability um, and what that looks like uh, uh, spiritually, naturally, mentally. There's so much, right? But, but above all, my expectation, and again, I could give you a laundry list, Cody, right? We all can. Um, but above all, my first expectation is that he he loved God more than he loves himself, um, because a man that follows God, no matter what shade he is, no matter his demographics, his background, he is going to lead my family, myself and lead us in the way that we're supposed to be going. So that is the expectation. I like that because I got look. I when I was growing up, when I was a teenager in, in my early twenties, I had to deal with the old Marion phase of life. And for a long time, for a few years, it was hard as a light-skinned brother because I didn't have braids, I couldn't dance. And I'm like, look, I get it. I get B2K is the thing right now. I was so glad when Chris Brown came onto the scene and Drake and all those other light skins. And I was like, yes. You had Shamar Moore. Hey, when Barack Obama showed up, I'm telling you, it changed the game for me. When Barack showed up, I was like, I'm him. Like, literally, I saw myself in him. So I get it. Nadiva, we talk about expectations. God's type versus your type, right? Um, yes. that's hard because you got to be willing to let go of some things, you know, like I had to really have a conversation. Like if God presented a certain type of woman to me that normally I wouldn't go for, would I be open? Right. Mm -hmm. And what I found out is that God is, God knows what you like. He's going to, he's going to give you what you need and what you like, but you have to be willing to at least submit it. Right. And he can throw a curveball, but the curveball is needed for the game. God's type versus your type. What are your feelings on that? Mm. Well, I have to say, you know, given the fact that I have been an experienced dater, um, and I'll be, I'll be straight up, I've dated in the world, and I've dated in Christ. 
Nice. And now I'm in that Christ mode. But I'm glad that I went through these experiences because I can talk about them and the differences. Because uh, my expectations were different for both of them. Right. Okay. So my expectations for the world were like all the physical, you know, what he's doing behind closed doors. Of course, you know, there were some other things that tie into the spiritual as well, like, you know, what I'm doing now. But, you know, of course, finances and all that stuff came into play, but it was different. Now that I'm in the more spiritual expectation and I'm following what God is putting in my heart that what he wants for me. First and foremost, like I have to piggyback off of what Keisha was mentioning. He has got to love Christ more than he loves me. Got to. And I'm speaking on this because, yeah, I've had a, I've had my moment in the world and setting my expectations and, you know, going through the motions and seeing how much I lack in a relationship without that element of God in the midst of it. I've dated all type of different men from different types of faith, but I've always in the bottom of my heart wanted a man that had a relationship with God because I do believe there's a humbling in that. Um, so my expectation in the church was having a strong foundation, a strong spiritual foundation and having a relationship with Christ and loving him more than you love me. Um, uh, and also kind of like what you said, Cody, I'm looking for that balance. I don't need to be a first lady. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't really need to be a first lady. Um, I, cause I, I, right. Mm -hmm. I, look, I'm a cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I, I fly. I, sometimes things come out of my mouth, you know, whatever. <laughs> I need him to be able to accept me in that aspect. And, and if I'm out of the pocket, I honor and respect my husband to the point that, okay, when you're trying to rein me in, okay, we're here. We're here now. I'm back. You know, that he has that connection so much with Christ. Because, look, I always talk about breakdown moments in relationships, right? Because we all have them, whether you're dating or if you're in a, or if you're married, in the faith or out of faith, you're going to have breakdowns in your relationship. But the good thing about a man who has a foundation in God and setting those type of expectations for him to know that when we're in breakdown mode, you know where to go when you can't reach me. Mm -hmm. There's only one person that you can reach. You have to get in your knees and start praying that God touch my heart, mm -hmm. right? So, um, coming into into the dating game with you know with with my new expectations in Christ, mm -hmm. yeah, they are way different than what I was in the world. Um, and I like the comfortable. I like this. I like knowing at the end of the day, there really is only one thing. Is that you gotta have a relationship with God, and then everything else will fall into play. Everything else will fall into play. That's just for me. So that to me is what I'm walking into when I'm building relationships with people, when I'm on these dating apps, when I'm in the grocery store. Yes, I would love to have a supernatural divine encounter with a man. I would love that, right? And I do hope that that does happen. But I have to remain steadfast in my faith and in my expectation of I can't waver on this. This expectation is a real expectation for me. It's not unrealistic. And many people, and I've heard me and people say, well, Nadia, you know, thinking that you're going to find a Christian man, that's kind of far-fetched. You just need to just deal with what you do. No, I don't. I will not compromise that expectation at all because you're not going to tell me that I can't find a man who has a relationship and honors God the way that I do. Hello. Mm -hmm. Hello. 
I agree. I agree. Well, look, I appreciate my guests. I got one more question. Yeah. Responses only because we're running out of time. I appreciate them so much. And the content and the value that provided is just amazing. These women are phenomenal. Last question for all of you. And I'll start with Nadeem on this. What uh, would you he like? That, that, he's stuttering. That can't be good. Uh, that can't be good. I had to. I had to. I had to. Re, I had to really think about this question, and I was like, "Let me change uh, this." What would you like the church to change in its presentation of romance and love? And I'll start with myself. I would like them to discuss. Thank God, my grandfather did. He was almost too transparent, but he was. He was really honest with me on how to make it work. Um, God rest his soul. He's married 63 years. He showed me how to love a woman, right? I need to but go I need I for that class because we need to distribute that. <laughs> um, 60, 65? 63 years. He, yeah, he lived. He lived. He, yeah. My grandmother's still alive. Um, and she treated her, he treated her like a queen and she still is a queen to this day. Trust me. She, you know, is, is the most spoiled person on earth. Uh, but, you know, he told me really what it entailed, the struggle, the consistency and the commitment behind it above all things. So my question to you, because it wasn't, even though he taught me because of sometimes the norms of church, you're almost pressured not to say it, right? Like he, he talked to me about he was transparent. He talked to me about, you know, because he was the bishop of so many pastors. He talked to me even when preachers would mess up and they would do things, not naming names. He would say, look, if you do this, this is what follows. This is how you lose your church. You know, like it was it was a real conversation uh, that I really had to take it in, in grasp. So my, my question is, what would you like uh, change as far as this presentation of, of romance and love? Uh, because I do think we are doing a disservice. We have to talk about the, the nitty gritty, the truth of it all. You know, like it's not this fairy tale, but it is divinely appointed and the anointing is on it, you know, but it takes so much work. So what would you like to be changed? Um, I would like the churches to stop being so fearful and having the discussion because I feel the world is always going to get harsher and harsher when it comes to promoting relationships and what relationship standards are supposed to be for the world. And I feel that churches need to be, as they're growing with their promotion, whether it be what they expose on television, and what we watch, what we see out in the streets. Um, I think we need to be evolving as a church and as a community and have more conversation and not be afraid to talk about those tough subjects, to always, to not always turn a blind eye and just say, just do. Don't ask no questions. Mm -hmm. This is just what it says. Just do it. No, because I'm a why person. Right. Why? So I think we need to start with we need to be having more conversations, just like with Antonia said, growing up Baptist, it was never really discussed. Why not? Why? It has to stop being so taboo in the church. And these are issues that I know as me, a woman growing up in the church and a single woman dating, I need to have these conversations. So conversation, that's what needs to change. We need to have more conversation. And one more thing, more single dating, um, what do you call them? Ministries. Yeah. Ministries, events. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't have to just be for the 21 year olds and the 30. How about 40 and 50? Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. I like it. Antonio, what would you like change as far as the messaging and the presentation of romance and love? I was thinking about that and I'm like, I know a couple of churches that do those type of things. Um, I, I think that that conversation as well. And if you're going to teach um, the younger, the younger ones, it needs to be according to the culture that they live in. It, it, if you're going to teach abstinence, it's going to need to be not just a why, but a how in the in the culture that we live in. Um, and if you're teaching the girl, if, you, if you're teaching the girls how to behave and how to carry themselves, teach the young men Hello. how to carry themselves and hold them accountable, not just for carrying themselves, but how they treat the young ladies, but also in in both of them, how to create change in amongst their generation moving forward. So it's not just them hearing it from the elders or above, but that in when they do have their own families, the generations that follow them won't need to be taught against what they're seeing because what they're seeing will be different. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, I, like it. I like it. Keisha. What would you like change in the presentation of romance and love? Listen, there is so much to unpack with that one thing. Like I keep saying that because there's we don't have time to discuss all of the things. But um, I have to say, my bishop, I go to Highway Church of Patterson, New Jersey. Um, I uh, my bishop is Bishop Liston Page Jr., and I have to say that he does an amazing job of of changing the mindset of of, of this particular subject. But the one thing that that I just want to continue, like I said, he does a great job of of really like teaching and changing and modifying that mindset of the old way. Cody, you had mentioned earlier, you know, some things as you were growing up, you saw that they taught, you know, the red. We all grew up in the no red nail polish at church or convocation or convention, you know, stockings on, even though it's 105 degrees outside. You know, we were we were all brought up around that time. But this one scripture, I just want us to stop he who finds Proverbs 18 and 22, he who finds, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Right. I want us to stop saying that the man is supposed to, the man is not supposed to have, we, he doesn't have a GPS to where I am. He just doesn't stop it. If just in the scripture with Ruth, <laughs> <laughs> just like the scripture with Ruth, like you mentioned, she was in the field. And, yes, and, we, and as Christians, she was led. We believe we should we believe as Christians that nothing happens for and there's no such thing as coincidences. As Christians, we believe that everything happens for a reason. And and God led her to him, you know. And so I just want us to stop with this old mindset that he that finds a wife finds the good. Listen, I don't I forget the exact percentage, Cody, but over 87 percent of women have said. And there's no specific demographics. This was white, Spanish, black. Eight, over 87% of women put themselves, align themselves in the peripheral that of the person that they want to attract. And then they come over. 87% of women put themselves in the pathway or in the environment to in the person that they want to attract. So again, and I'm not saying I know that is that's a, a worldly uh, survey. Um, but my point is, is that I just want the church in, in the form of romance. I want us to stop with this. The man is supposed to come to listen. 
if I inquire, if Antonio inquires, if I see inquire. I'm gonna inquire because I'm gonna say about it. But I'm gonna still be the invitation it says for you to come. I'm not gonna prove to you that you no, should go right. I don't need to convince you. I'm gonna get in the vicinity right. and be cute Look. and be pleasant and be godly. Right. Look, I'll say it like this when jobs need to fill a wreck, they advertise for the position. Then they take the pool of candidates and they go through an assessment period. From the assessment period, they look at the best quality fits and who they think will actually add value in this position. There's nothing wrong with inquiring. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I I think. Are you available? No. Okay. Right. It don't need to go that far. It don't need to go that far. It's like, oh, who's that? Who's called? I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure April info gathered on you, Cody. Okay, oh, come I'm on. Sure she did. Are, you know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. I just want us to stop this old school mindset right. <laughs> of like we should, as women, I'm supposed to just sit on the sidelines, drink my tea or my Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm my tea, <laughs> and I'm just supposed to wait for yeah. Boaz to come find me. He ain't on the Parkway. I assume no. you ain't on the Parkway. No, <laughs> Boaz is not there. Yeah, and then April, yeah, I had to think back. She tried to put me in the friend zone, but you know, I'm from Chicago <laughs> and I don't play that. So I was like, you got a, you got a choice. You could get all of me like John Legend or, you know, take your chances. Now look where we are. So I appreciate my guests. You guys have been amazing, amazing, just leaders, influencers. These are individuals. Not just women. Sometimes we put women in a category, and I feel like that's discriminatory in and of itself. But I'm talking about just amazing human beings that need to be seen and heard. How can they connect with you? Antonio, I'll start with you. Where can they find you, connect you? I know you got the dining when they diva, but where can they reach out to you? I am on Facebook um, with the hashtag. Well, Facebook and Instagram with the hashtag Anthem Speaks. Anthem is spelled A-N-T-H-A-M Speaks. Um, I need to start my YouTube channel. I have one. It's a couple of videos, but I haven't done it yet. Um, but that's where I can be found at after my social media detox that I'm on right now. But I'll be back. <laughs> I like it. They even work and they find you. Well, of course, as I mentioned before, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Dining with Nadiva Show, also on YouTube at the Dining with Nadiva Show. And we are on the Inspired Living Network on Roku every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. You make sure you check us out. I like it. Keisha, where can they find you? Yes. Um, Keisha underscore on Instagram, Keisha underscore CC. Uh, that is my name on IG, so you're not going to be able to forget it. So K-E-I-S-H-A underscore C-C, and uh, you can find me there. Y'all connect with Antonia, Keisha, and Adiva. These are amazing people. And if you want to keep seeing amazing content, you got to do two things. I mentioned earlier in the show. Connect with me on Instagram at CVMK33 and on YouTube when it shows up at CV Space K for all great content is seen, heard, and felt. I appreciate my guests. I appreciate my listeners. Until next time, guys. Thanks.